Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Shocking Things. Uh, let's introduce ourselves. My name is John. And I'm Laura. And the reason why we're doing this podcast is this was Laura's idea from a while back. We kept going back and forth. Years. <laughs> yeah, about doing it. And then we finally said, okay, we're going to actually go through with this. And because we're both fans of horror movies and we uh, both enjoy listening to horror podcasts, you know, movies about horror movies. Laura also listens to ones about supernatural events. So, uh... This is uh, going to be primarily about horror movies, television shows, cult movies, you know, things of that nature. So uh, we just want to talk about ourselves a little bit so you know who we are, and then hopefully we'll know in the future who you are. Um, or do you want to start off with your how you got introduced into horror? Yeah, what's my story? Uh, you tell <laughs> me. What's the first horror movie right. you ever saw? Um, take this back a long, long time ago. I don't know. Maybe I was eight at grandma's house minding my business flipping through the channels and i was probably trying to find something on like nickelodeon nothing on this movie comes on that piques my interest i don't know what it is i'm watching it mom comes in and she's like oh no you can't watch this and turns the channel and i'm like it sucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what happens? So me, because I started early, I snuck up to a bedroom upstairs where we had an additional TV and turned, found the movie, turned it on, and continued to watch it. It was A Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. No, that, that's, that's one of the best ones to start watching because that's a good one. So if you watch that, you're going to want to watch more. It was, but it wasn't. At that age, oh, yeah. it was phenomenal. I was like, what is this? I need more. Couldn't sleep. Yeah. Probably <laughs> the, the most sleepless night of my life. I had no idea what I just watched. Um, yeah. And then, I don't know, after that, the Scary Stories books okay. came into my hands somehow. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe I saw them in a library, but... Yeah, that, that's about it. It was just that, and then it continued with um, Are You Afraid of the Dark, uh, Goosebumps. And then you started watching more horror movies as you got older. You oh, started... sure, as I yeah. as I got older. I think yeah. Are You Afraid of the Dark was after right after that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, what, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then it, just, it never stopped. And then you started watching the movies, like right, going to the movie theaters. And then watching movies on TV as you get older, like teenage years. Oh, I'm yeah, saying. sure. I mean, that's when it, it really picked up, when I, I started discovering, like, good movies. But Like, what movies did you watch that you remember? I um, See, I'm not, I don't remember things like you at the theater. Um, well, just in general, I know you like the Ring movies like that that you saw. Oh, yeah, that came the Ring. See, so you have to. Yeah. You have to jog my memory. I'm not as, um, John has a really good memory. I'm just kind of like, um, the ring. I actually paid for that at school. At the time <laughs> I was in school, we were making, um, DVDs. What did oh. they, how did, what did they call that? What is it, like a fair or something like that? I don't know. No, people were just making them. Um, oh, I can't bootleg? Yes, yeah, bootleg. Oh, Thank oh you, you bought a bootleg. Of yeah, it. I okay. bought a bootleg, um, the ring. Oh. <laughs> it was excellent. Yeah, that was good. Like, the way that movie started off was good. Like, the girl's face, like, after watching the movies. Yeah, oh, so. yeah. It was terrifying. And I was about, yeah, I was 14. Okay. Yeah, so at that point, you just kept watching them. You just continuously just kept watching horror movies, right? Anything and, I can get my hands on. Yeah. So, what about you? 
the first memories I have of any type of horror was watching uh, Universal Monster movies as a kid. Mm-hmm. I watched, I remember Frankenstein and uh, The Wolfman, the originals, as a kid. I loved those. Uh, I saw the action figures in the stores, the Remco action figures from 1980. I had to get those. Uh, then I found out my grandfather was very big into those movies, and he had uh, these magazines called Famous Monsters of Filmland, so I'd start looking at those with my brother when we were kids, and I was fascinated by that. And then I got uh, a little older, I guess my dad, I, I guess he thought I can handle like like a little bit the crazier things. So the first uh, slasher movie I ever saw was Happy Birthday to Me. I was very young too, I was, who knows, maybe seven or eight years old. Your dad was cool. Yeah, so yeah, so he's like, yeah, he figured, I think his friends were over too. I remember being really young, just like, you know, to him mm. it's like, oh, this isn't that crazy of a movie. Yeah. But to me, as a kid watching it, you know, at that age, never seeing anything like that, I couldn't sleep at night. I thought there was somebody hiding behind the couch. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like, okay, I want to see more of these movies for some reason. And yeah. then I remember... We caught the bug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then I remember coming across on TV The Exorcist. Oh, And I'm that sure. was really... Yeah, I was probably like around... 10 or 11 or so I remember seeing that and then at school uh, we sit at the table we talk about movies and that was one that we talked about and it was like oh yeah we all agree like that was that was really really scary yeah, so John and I have a bit of an age gap too which is why uh, yeah 12 years yeah. so that's why our experiences are gonna be a little different which is good yeah so you get different opinions different you know points of view you know, I'm talking about horror, just movies in general, and television. So yeah, so that's that's how it started. And then mm-hmm. I remember uh, going to uh, the Amity newsstand, my grandfather, and I saw that they actually had a magazine dedicated to like because uh, he had the famous monsters. And I saw that they had for slasher movies, they had Fangoria magazine. I remember seeing it. I was like, oh, this is awesome! I got to get it. And he was like, I remember him complaining about the price of the magazines. <laughs> I think it was, in, was it 1983? Was it, oh. it might have been something like that, I remember. And I just remember getting it, just like fascinated by it. I remember just all the uh, the ads, just like the famous monsters. I remember not just the articles, but all the advertisements in there. I wanted to buy everything. Mm, sure. <laughs> and uh, one thing that stood out, Laura, you'll find, find this interesting. They had... Uh, in that issue, and I have to find out. I, I have it somewhere, actually. Really? Yeah, and uh, and it had a, a piece on the witch's dungeon in Bristol, Connecticut. Oh, very cool. And I remember it's like, oh my god, this is great. I got to go to this. And then when you're a little kid trying to get your parents to drive an hour, my parents to them driving an hour is like asking me to drive like eight hours. They did not like driving that far. I oh, remember. Wow. And yeah, it was only open in October, and it's still opened. It's just in a different location. Laura and I actually. But that's good because we got to go together. Yeah, yeah, we got to experience it. It's it's awesome. In it's Bristol. amazing. Yeah, it's still around. Yeah, okay. so that's like one of the things that you know. Another thing we like doing is every time, like around September, October, any haunted events locally. Yeah, Salem. We'll, yeah, Salem, Massachusetts. We like to go there. Any haunted attractions near us, we like to check those out. 
you know, so that's, you know, that's a Halloween, little... Halloween, yep, Halloween lovers. But how can you like horror and not like Halloween? Yeah. So that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a given. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so that's, like, a little bit about us. And then still with me, just like you, in high school, I still kept kept going to the movies. I'd rent them. I'd go to the movie theaters. I mean, some of the things... Um, here's something, Laura. What's the first... Do you remember the first horror movie you saw in the theaters? Do you have any uh, idea? You or almost no? put me on the spot. Um, I don't, but I'll think about it. Okay. The first one I think I saw in the theaters was Psycho 3. <laughs> which is like a, a random one. And again, my grandfather brought me to that one. But see, I don't think I went to any horror movies. It was it was when I was older. I remember like as Titanic. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. So as a teenager, I saw Selena. Yeah. yeah. So not too many. No. Okay. Yeah. So that that's the first one I remember. Then also going to, uh, not too far after that, I want to say was uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So that's and then just still kept going and then after me and Laura, that's we go very often to the theater to see any horror movie that comes out a lot of them we'll go see very often so it's our favorite pastime that the, we also uh like to go to horror conventions if they come around in yeah. the area we've actually traveled we've been to florida for one i can mm -hmm. think of that's like the farthest we went uh it was that spooky empire and that was that was a lot of fun the same time we went to spooky empire we went to uh universal studios uh, Halloween Horror Nights, so we we killed two birds yeah. with one stone. So yeah, so and like you know we go to conventions, like meeting some of the actors, uh, getting things signed, you know, buying merchandise, you know, whether it be action figures, statues, you know, things like that. You know, and now every once in a while, Blu-ray movie. Even though we watch most things uh, streaming, but every once in a while, there's certain things like that, the physical copy of. You know, like to have uh, the audio commentary and special features. Yeah. So, that's it. Just want to give you a little introduction about ourselves, uh, and then we're going to continue on with the podcast. Five favorite flicks. This segment on Shocking Things is called Five Favorite Fright Flicks. Uh, this category is going to be zombie movies. So Laura and I are going to talk about what our favorites are. And this is, you can ask me and Laura a week from now uh, what these movies are. And we could probably change our opinions because we might see a new movie. Or then we realize, ah, nah, this movie, you know what, I'm going to knock this down to number three instead of number one. So just want to let you know uh, what's going on in our heads when we make these lists. So I'm going to start with you, Laura. What's number five on your list? All right, number five for right now, I have Contracted. It was made in 2013, and the director was Eric England. Basically, it's about a 20-something who has a one-night stand at a party and contracts what she thinks is an STD. And I'm saying that because I know maybe not a lot of people have seen this. Um, I enjoyed it. It was a slow burn. The characters weren't spectacular, but you watch her deteriorate and might I say I, I didn't know where it was gonna go like I didn't know what she had contracted but it was something and you don't find out until later at the end of the movie that this is in fact a zombie movie um and it was painful to watch because there was a lot of woman parts in there that were just ugh, like cringeworthy 
So, and John, you've never seen No, it. I did see it, uh, but it was a while ago, and I kind of forgot about the movie until you started talking about it again. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 you know what? I saw it once, and but it wasn't bad. It was good. And the thing about zombie movies is there's so many different types. Um, you know, we're you're going to see that Laura's more into the virus type. I'm more into the, you know, the... Uh, the uh, the flesh-eating, brain-eating type. So there's all different types. Uh, so it, it's great, you know, just to have a variety to watch. Uh, for me, my number five is Day of the Dead from 1985. That's the the original George A. Romero version. Uh, it's it's one of those movies I remember the first time um, I when I was a kid I saw the trailer for it, and the trailer just intrigued me. But it's like it scared me as a kid actually. <laughs> It was because uh, in the trailer you have all these zombie hands coming out of the wall, uh, and it was just I was like, wow, this is crazy. But yeah, there's some really insane scenes in there. Tom Savini did the uh, the special effects. You see like guts getting ripped out. Um, I really like the character Bub in there, and uh, it shows how he's like learning. Actually, like they're teaching him. One of the doctors teaching how to become more human. So it was. It's one of the classics, in my opinion. So that's my number five. So what do you have for number four, Laura? Okay, number four. I have 28 Weeks Later, which is a sequel to 28 Days Later. I enjoyed them both, but um, I like 28 Weeks Later better. Basically, when it starts, it's a scene that you'll never forget. Um, we're not going to go too far into the scenes, right? I don't want to provide any. Dude, whatever you want. There's, everything's we'll just, spoiler filled. If you listen to this, expect spoilers. Okay. Well, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. The first scene, it sticks with you. And there's another scene that comes later in the movie that is similar to the first scene. And it just stuck with me. I liked the music or the score that goes along with this. Um, it was just good. I liked it. John? <laughs> I, you know, I really, I remember the first one. I really don't remember this that well, to be honest with you. So I'm going to have to revisit it in the future. Can I jog your memory? Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you the beginning? Yes. You said it was like uh, The Walking Dead. I remember you said you don't know who stole the ideas from The Walking Dead comic or did The Walking Dead comic steal this from the okay. movie, right? Okay. So that would be 28 Days Later. Okay. Yes, and that was another point that I had to look up. I didn't research it really well, but I think I read that the Walking Dead comic was released in the USA in 2003. Um, this was released in 2002 or 2003. I'm really not sure. But yeah, so they both start in a hospital room. They both wake up, Rick Grimes, mm -hmm. and um, I don't know know his name um i should but he wakes up gets out of the hospital and it's just desolate and everything has happened already it's already beginning to spread so yeah you're right but that's that's the the first one not the second one 28 days later okay the first one. okay not the second one okay no. okay for number four i have zombie the fulci movie from 1979 uh, I haven't seen this movie in years, but there's one scene that really stuck in my head. We have a zombie actually fighting a shark, which is really very original. And the, and the way it's done, it's not cartoonish. It's actually very realistic. 
So that's like one scene that really, really stands out to me. And like one of the first zombies you see is actually like a really iconic looking zombie. You've seen the image probably like it's been like all over. It's on the movie poster. It's it's really, really creepy looking. So that's my number four. Uh, what do you have for number three, Laura? And I've never seen either of those. So I should really watch. You've seen Day of the Dead, but a long time ago. The, oh, yeah. The Day of the Dead. But not the not most zombie. recent one. No. I haven't. Um, all right. Number three, Train to Busan. Self-explanatory. When that movie starts, it doesn't stop. It just keeps going. The action in it is incredible. Um, the first thing I noticed was when the people drop out of the airplane. Is it a, is it a uh, helicopter? Yeah. Sorry. This is me. <laughs> they hit the ground. They wake up and they keep running. And I was like, okay, this is going to be really good. And then not only that, but... It pulls on your heartstrings. And I hate that, and I love it at the same time. I was crying. It was good. They were eating people. <laughs> it was good. No, that, this is like, some movies try to do it, and it just doesn't work. But I have to say, they did a, a great job with the character development. Like, the little girl in there, she was, like, really, really good at the end. Agreed. I mean, and this was uh, from South Korea. And it was really, I got to say, it's like, it's... And what was the thing? Like, it's like very fast paced, the, the zombies. Uh, and uh, the other thing about it, uh, it's very, it's almost like uh, video game esque, I would say, just the way, like, the, the way they move the zombies. So, yeah, it, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, worth watching. I, I recommend that. Uh, now, for, for me, my number three is uh the original dawn of the dead from 1978 uh, that i just think that movie's great i've seen it numerous times uh i actually went i went to the the mall it was filmed in monroeville pennsylvania you did yeah this is what my father wrote i think this was like around 2004 that's the first time i met george romero actually they had like a comic book convention there oh that is so cool yeah, so that was it. Looks completely different now, but yeah, that was that was really cool. And I met uh, also the actor who played. Uh, he goes by like the machete zombie, and he's the one who gets uh, Tom Savini. He's a biker, and he puts a machete through uh, a zombie's head. And I met him <laughs> there, and I bought. Uh, he had these magnets made, these uh, like three dimensional magnets where you could take the machete out of his head. So that that was really cool. But yeah, that movie's great. Just. Uh, I, I love it. There's some the the kills in there are crazy. You know, like I said, the the machete uh, through the head. Uh, just the the whole. It's supposed to be like a take on consumerism. How when the you know, the zombies, the the first thing they go to is the mall to buy things. <laughs> so yeah, it was a really interesting take on a, a zombie movie, and that was uh, George Romero's second zombie movie. So that's my number three. And what's next, Laura? Okay, my next one is Dawn of the Dead, the remake. And this is your number two? This is my number two. Okay. Um, we were just watching this a little while ago, actually. So it's it's really... Uh... Yeah, we actually just rewatched this. So I can be sure that this was my number two because I was torn between which one would be number two and this is it. Um, so this came out in 2004 and I actually graduated in 2004. So yeah, this was a time when zombie movies, I think were just resurfacing. 
Uh, probably, I think, yeah, it, it, I think so. Like, this, like, started, this really started the interest up, I would say, definitely. Got got people more interested in the zombie. Uh, and then I'd say, like, Walking Dead was, like, full circle, in my right. opinion. Yeah. yeah, agree. So, there's nothing much to say about this, but this was just a killer movie, literally. And uh, even the Johnny Cash theme song, we just rewatched it. And the cameo from Tom Savini. And um, I don't want to butcher his name. Ken Foray? Yeah. yeah. It was just cool. It's a cool movie. And um, Andy, Andy's Gun Shop. Who doesn't like Andy? Right? <laughs> okay. All right, John. And what's we both your... talked about they have their, their dog they send to give him right, the food. Oh, and like, yeah, we're like, we'd never send our... I'm like, I'd no. never, never... Sorry, buddy. I ain't sending my dog. <laughs> no. It's not happening. Uh, and I noticed, I never noticed this before until we're watching it. Uh, has one of the actresses um, try on clothes at, uh, in front of a clothing store, and the name of the clothing store is mm. Galen Ross. I was like, oh, that's I didn't know that's an Easter egg to the actress who was in the the original Dawn of the Dead. So that was really cool, actually, to notice that. I'm sure there's a bunch more that I, I didn't even pick up on. So that's definitely... That's one of those movies when I first saw it. It's the first time I ever saw like a fast-moving uh, zombie movie because the original George Romero version, they're all slow-moving. And the first time I saw it, I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's too different. But then after a while, I was like, okay, it, it's its own thing, and, and it works, you know. My number two, now I switched my number one and two, actually. Me too, me too. So cause this, is, this is the thing with these, these lists, like, just like anything else, you could change your a year from now. You could change your mind. Who knows? And you, uh, my number two is the original Night of Living Dead from 1968. Um, this is, you know, what really. This is what almost everything is patterned off of you know when it comes to zombie movies and then they take off and splinter off into other things but for the modern zombie movie and television show everything is based off of this and the ending is like phenomenal if you haven't seen it i'm, I'm sure most people have but who hasn't seen it uh, uh, there's still some people <laughs> I, I talked to someone who never saw it and i was like oh yeah who watches the walking dead and i'm like you have to watch this well yeah let me interject because my number one is night the original night of the living dead okay. <laughs> so. so but yeah so all right i'm gonna let so laura let you let you uh We'll let you go then. We'll talk. No, no, that's okay. I want no, to no, no. talk about it. I, I uh, there's nothing, but it's an, it's epic. Yeah. No, I no, but I'll like, let you. No, I, no, I'll let you continue because here and all. So now tell me about. Actually, this is interesting. Uh, one of the the first times Lauren and I were talking about horror movies, and she brought up uh, Night of Living Dead. I said, oh, I said so. Uh, George Romero and I said, oh you like George Romero and she corrected me because it's George A Romero <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah so there's I mean it's well I don't it's know like, this you, is like you, the prototype of zombie movies and television show in, in the modern era that, that's the that's way it. I look the, at the, it the vibe the feel of it there's just, and the characters are the great the characters yeah. there's nothing better to me they start off the, in the a way cemetery they fight, in, in real life they fight 
like you know in a situation like this people are panicking well i want to do this no i i want i think we should go in the basement if you remember that yeah you put yourself into the position what would you do but they start off in a cemetery they use a oh, basement yeah yeah it's, it's, yeah, yeah. like cemetery, everything creepy and one of the most classic lines in horror is they're coming to get you barbara of course and that's where that's from you know so so cool. I don't have much. To, it's just oh, epic. Is, oh it's yeah, just epic. It's, it's epic. And um, one of the first times Laura went, I went to a horror convention together. Oh, Laura funny. saw that the cast of Night of Living Dead were there. She's like, "We got to get a poster signed." And we do. So, yeah. We so yeah. Yeah. Picture, picture here. Yeah. So they're like, "Okay." So we both agreed. We don't have the same opinions and everything. We both said, "Okay, this is one of our favorite movies. We're getting this signed. We're going to meet them. We're going to talk to these people." And they were all like, "Great." You know, it was like it was yeah, awesome. They were really nice. Yeah. So and we took a picture um the the original zombie. Yeah, the first yeah, the first zombie in the movie that comes out. His name is I believe it's Bill Heinzman, I think yes. his name is. Yeah. He put his hands around my neck. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's dressed up in full zombie makeup and and I got uh, action figures signed from him. So yeah, no, that was that was an awesome memory. So that I I totally understand why that's your number 1. And that's why I was kind of fighting between that and my number 2. Well, yeah, because that should be maybe everybody's number one. It's yeah, that's where it all started. It I is. I know it didn't officially start, but that's yeah. It. But no, it, it is definitely what when you think of zombies and we're you know every I'd say ninety nine percent of the people have this interpretation of what a zombie is, and it's the George A. Romero zombie. Right. Even to put it on in the background. Yeah. If you want to put on a horror movie? Yeah. That's what I want in the background. Yeah. Now this is no this is kind of segue into my number one where i switched and you're gonna definitely disagree with me on this okay. now now he a lot of people don't know this uh the average person i'm sure a lot of horror fans know this but george a. romero wasn't the sole uh script writer for night living dead he also wrote it with john russo now years later john russo uh he did his own thing, and he, you know, uh, with uh, the writer Dan O'Bannon. Uh, he, he wrote a book, actually, John Russo, and Dan O'Bannon took it and wrote a screenplay and did Return of the Living Dead in 1985. Now, this is, it's not, it, it kind of comes off as, like, a sequel to it, if you, if you watch this movie, but it's definitely a more comedic version. What do you yeah. think, Laura? I didn't hate it. Um, I had to watch it a couple of times. The first time, I was like, no, because it was too comedic. For yeah, me. I yeah. enjoy uh, comedic relief. I get that. But this was too over the top. But by the second, third, anytime after yeah. that, I'm, yeah. I'm into it. I like it. The reason why I put this as my number one switched it is because I think Laura could agree. Anytime we talk about like watching horror movies and like you know especially around Halloween time, I said let's put on Return of the Living Dead. That's one of the movies I say every single time. Right. And so um, I I love it. I, the the zombie, the first zombie you see in there is uh, they refer to him as a Tar Man zombie, and he's like really really crazy. It almost looks like he's like covered in oil, like the skeleton covered in oil. It's like really crazy looking, and and that one they're. If you hear zombies are eating brains, that's where that this is really what their their main thing is. They're brain eating. Where the original Night Living Dead, it's like they're more flesh eating. This is they're going after brains, so it was a little different. Uh, 
the acting's really good in there. Like, you know, the, the comedy, the comedic acting, it's it's definitely... Uh, you know, Laura, Laura disagrees, <laughs> but, you know, but I, I think it's a really fun movie. I think there's some good special effects in there. The soundtrack's good. Now we have another part of this, uh, the honorable mention, one that, a movie that was really good but didn't quite make the cut. And what do you have, Laura, for your honorable mention? Uh, my honorable mention, I have Here Alone. It was made in 2017. And it's about a girl who's um, out in the woods by herself in the midst of a zombie apocalypse, I guess. It's already happening. And they kind of go back through her life to show how she got there and why she's there alone. Uh, it was good. It was a good, solid zombie movie. Nothing amazing. Just if you're bored and you need something fun to watch. It sounds almost like a Walking Dead type thing if it was a movie. Does it sound sort of like that or no? Yes. Kind of like, it was like a backstory. Yes, it was kind of like that. It was good. The characters were good. I thought she did a great job. The main character. I don't have her name. But okay. She did good. Okay. I never saw it, so I got to watch that one of these days. Yeah, there was a couple scenes in there that were worth it. Okay. Gory scenes or... I don't know. Not, say not really gory, but... Not really gory, but... Or maybe there was, I don't know. Intense scenes? Like, how would you describe it? On the edge of your seat. Okay. All right. <laughs> and heartbreaking. Okay. Uh, mine is Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Okay. And you never saw that, Laura? Never. Okay. Uh, this one's a little, it's, it's a little more serious compared to Parts 1 and 2. I think you'll like the main character in there, so... We'll watch that one of these days. There's a little bit of, of comedy in there, but it's that was directed by Brian Yunza. So, yeah, we'll we'll check it out one of these days. Yeah, I didn't know that it existed. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think there's five total. Five? Yeah. And I remember when four and five came out, I think they premiered first yeah. on Sci-Fi Channel, actually. Uh, we'll watch those two. One's called Rave to the Grave. <laughs> So that's yeah. what's amazing about this genre is that it never ends. Like, even if you <laughs> think you've seen everything, there's yeah. something you haven't seen. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Ah. And then now we're going to end this segment with the dishonorable mention. This is what we feel is kind of a disgrace to the genre. And we agree on this, right? Yeah, well, it's funny. You told me yours. I was like, oh, that was going to be mine. Then I changed it to another one. Okay. So, so tell everyone yours. 100% World War Z starring Brad Pitt and based on the book by Max Brooks. I couldn't get through the book and I couldn't get through the movie. <laughs> and the, wasn't the, the book was like, I think a New York Times bestseller yes! too, right? I, I was mean... so excited to check it out and I just and I I don't know, just yeah, I didn't didn't even attempt so to read right. the book, but the movie was just like it just dragged. It just seemed like I was just like, yeah, this is ever gonna end. Yeah, like, there was like one memorable scene in there with all the zombies like trying to climb a wall. But that's what I. Think that's the only think thing that's memorable. Like Brad Pitt was like so wooden. But it was, it was just, so CGI. Yeah, it just was like very forgettable, overhyped movie. It was made to bring in a lot of money. Yeah, it was, it. yeah, but it was yeah, it was crap. Um, and I haven't seen it in so long that I don't have too much to say about it. But no. I would never rewatch it again. No, yeah. No, I agree with you on that one. That was going to be my pick. And mine, you agree to me, agree with me, is um, Shaun of the Dead. Yes. 
I don't get it. I don't, because uh, I remember when it came out, friends were like, oh, because they know I like zombie movies. Like, you gotta see this. I'm like, okay. And I watch it. I'm like, I guess I'm supposed to be laughing, but I'm not laughing. And like, these characters are annoying. Yeah, I'm exactly where you are. Yeah, I'm like, I was hoping the zombies would eat them. That's how annoying <laughs> they were. So, uh, yeah, so those are our picks. Warning, Warning. all movie Warning. reviews Warning. and discussions contain spoilers. spoilers. Laura and I spent our Valentine's Day watching Fantasy Island. Right, Laura? Yep. So, uh, now I saw the trailer for it. I thought the trailer looked really good, and I was familiar with the TV series, the original one. So, I showed it to Laura. What did you think of the trailer, Laura? Um, I didn't like it nor not like it. It looked interesting, but yeah. I didn't really want to see it. You kind of pushed me. Yeah, so I said, oh, let's, you know, let's check it out. So we went to the theaters and we saw it. Checked it out, all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, now, before we discuss the movie, I just want to go, just to compare it a little bit to the television series. So, uh, if you have Crackle, you can watch it for free. So I put in Season 5, Episode 11, and it's titled House of Dolls, Wuthering Heights. Now, in that episode, we have uh, two people who went to Fantasy Island. Uh, a social worker from Washington who is lonely and never found love, who wants to meet Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights as her fantasy. And... Mr. Rourke tells Tattoo he can grant her a wish if she's willing to risk everything, even if it means her death. Now, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. I want to watch that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, Sorry, the, I cut yeah, you. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so then uh, for the House of Dolls segment, uh, a man is a window dresser at a boutique who is attracted to a female mannequin he has been dressing, and his fantasy is to bring it to life. So, and this was set in Hawaii. And now, so we'll talk about the movie now. So the movie is set in Fiji. That's where it was filmed. Right. right? It was, that, yeah, it was beautifully shot. I did like the opening scene. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. And it looked very similar. You have the, the airplane coming down. Uh, the television series, you have Tattoo is the one that would say, the plane, the plane. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, but you don't have that in the, the movie. You have Julie as the one saying it. And there is a character, Julie, in the television series, but she's a little different in the movie. So now, do you want to uh, tell them about the characters a little bit, Laura? Yeah, so I think our leading lady that most people would know is Lucy Hale. Um, do we know anybody else that's really popular? The only characters, I mean, the, the actors uh, that play characters in the movie I could think of that are known is Michael Rooker, who's not really, you know, right. not really a big character. Uh, Michael Pena, uh, Kim Coates. Uh, the rest I'm really not familiar with. Very disappointed with Michael Rooker's character. Yeah. And we know it's not his fault because yeah, he's a good actor. It, it's kind of a throwaway character in the movie. Yeah, but uh, what are you going to do? So uh, it was a job. It was. <laughs> right? He got paid. That's all that matters. Leave it right? there. So uh, what else, Laura? What else can you tell us about? Now, these contestants, I'm sorry. They, now, the television series, these are people who want to go to fantasy island to live out their fantasies. In the movie, these are people who won a contest. That's how they got to fantasy island. Yeah, so they win a contest, and they can live out whatever fantasy they would like to. Um, we're introduced to Gwen, 
Patrick Sullivan, stepbrothers J.D. and Brax, and Melanie. Um, J.D. and Brax, their fantasy was to have it all. Patrick wants to enlist in the war in honor of his fallen father. Melanie wants to get red revenge sorry, on a childhood bully. And Gwen to accept a marriage proposal she turned down years earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and so then uh, Mr. Rourke, they meet him. Uh, Who is the keeper of the island. Yes. Um, and uh, he tells them that they have to see their fantasy through to the very end. Mm-hmm. To its natural conclusion. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what else can we say? I mean, we they first they just start, like, talking. They're hanging out at a bar together, getting to know each other. And I hated every single character. No, I liked Melanie a little bit, but everybody else was... Yeah, they're kind of forgettable. Forgettable. That's the problem. That yeah, they they have really. It's like yeah, Melanie. That's Lucy Hale, right? I I believe so. Yeah, she's like the the only one that it's like oh, okay, well she's memorable. It's like she's she had the only interesting fantasy, which is to get revenge on a childhood bully. Oh, I thought that was strange because who's still but, dwelling oh, yeah, on oh, something that yes. happened in high school? But I mean, but it's a movie, so I, I, so that's <laughs> the way I'm looking at. It, well, this is marketed as a horror movie, so out of all these other fantasies, all the other fantasies are boring, right? I mean, agreed. No, <laughs> so, agreed. Okay. So uh, the only thing that was interesting because they tried to put a twist on it was the two brothers. They just yeah, they just wanted to be rich and pretty much be playboys and do what they want. Mm-hmm. But the twist was. What they were like, uh, they got all this money from a drug cartel. Apparently, they owed money, and that's where Kim Coates' character comes in. There are all these masked assassins that, yep. you know, awry. so that's why they're basically they want to get out of this, but they can't because the Mister Rourke says, "Nope, you got to finish it." This is, <laughs> yeah, he says something along the lines of, "Well, is when you have wealth, other people want it too." So this is what happens. So. um so it doesn't matter what you pick, it seems like everything will turn sinister. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just like a genie, you make a wish, but you gotta be extremely specific, because, you know, we're a Twilight Zone episode, because if not, you know, there's gonna be, <laughs> yeah. there's, it's gonna go, you know, in a way you don't expect. Um, but it started off very good, I thought, and then just, I don't know, maybe halfway through, it's like, they're... They're trying to, each character, they're trying to put all these twists and they're trying to connect all the characters. And then just after a while, it just got so convoluted, I just started losing interest after a while. Yeah, agreed. It's definitely a mishmash of unthought-out plot twists. Yeah, and um, it definitely ran too long. Because you were saying, like, okay, it's moving going to end, and it's just, it should have been, like, 20 minutes shorter. I think it was 151 minutes. Yeah, going into it, I was really excited when it started. I said, oh, they might have something here, and I'm ready. They weren't ready. Uh, I was ready to go maybe around the halfway mark of the movie when I realized that they didn't know what they were going to do and where they were going to go with it, and they kept like, oh, gotcha, oh, gotcha again. Oh, no, this is how we're going to do it now. Yeah, I don't mind if it makes sense, but this was just for the sake of just trying to surprise you, and it's just... Like, every 20 minutes. Less. (laughs) Yeah, and it really, and it made no sense when, like, one particular character, the Melanie character, who's supposed to be the character, um, 
So she, yeah, her childhood bully, she tortures a bully, then she feels bad, and then frees the bully, but then she's supposed to be the one who's behind it all. They got everyone there to get revenge. Yeah. But, well, why would you free someone then that you wanted to kill? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. it was, just, again, just to surprise you and trick you, but, yeah, so, uh, the other thing, too, uh, after especially, because I haven't watched a television series in years, and then when I put it on the other night, you see, um, uh, Mr. Rourke in a television series is Ricardo Montalban's the actor. If you compare him to Michael Pena, it's like night and day. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar with him, Laura, or no, Ricardo Montalban? Um, I'm not. Um, do you remember anything offhand? You, uh, nothing you've seen, because like, you've never seen um, Star Trek The Wrath of Khan? No. Okay. He was there in the television series, the character Khan. It's like, you watch him in there, and you watch him in, you know, uh, Fantasy Island. It's like, He's just, he has his charisma, he has a presence, you know, and yeah. where Michael Pena is pretty much, he's more of a character actor. He doesn't really, he's kind of, he's very good as like a supporting role, but not as like a big role like that. That that to me, when you have a character like that, you need someone, I, I, he hasn't But act- I, I also don't blame him and I don't know if this is his fault. Yeah. Because of this script, yes, I have to say we don't know what his potential. Could You're have right, been. and the director too. The, the director could have got a better performance. I can't tell who was were if it was just yes. character acting That's, or if it point. was the bad script and the direction. Yeah. Now the other thing is too. Now we didn't didn't research anything before watching the movie, so I said, okay, who were the writers? Who were the directors? Who was involved in this? And I looked to see. And there, it had, for the writing credits, it had three writers and the director. All the, the link between all is they all worked on Truth or Dare. And once I saw that, I'm like, oh, okay, that's why this movie wasn't very good. Right, starring our leading lady, Lucy Hale. Yes, yeah, so she's, yeah, from that movie as well. It wasn't a terrible movie. It wasn't great. If that was on TV, I would rewatch it. What you're talking about, truth or dare? Truth or dare, yeah, correct. As opposed to uh, fantasy Fantasy island, which I will like, I can't even remember the name. (laughs) It's too bad because it really had potential. The concept had potential, but they just, I don't know, just towards the end, they just, they, they they really ruined it. They left it open for a sequel, and lately it seems like sequels are getting better rather than worse. Well. We'll have to see, yeah, we'll have to see. And then the the funny thing is the way this ends, the, uh, now the Julie character in the movie is Mr. Rourke's wife, where in the TV series she's not. She's not really, doesn't have like a big role in the TV series. Okay. For what I recall, because I haven't watched the show in years until I put that one episode in the other night, Tattoo was the main one. And then the way this movie ends has uh, the character Brax. Um, he's talking to Mr. Rourke. Oh, this is the twist, too, where his brother gets killed, J.D., and his fancy is to have his brother um, live. So they all leave on the plane, and J.D.'s on the plane, and so the deal he made with Mr. Rourke is he has to stay on Fantasy Island now as his assistant, and uh, they get in a conversation how Brax lost a bet and he had to get a tattoo, this bad tattoo. So Mr. Rourke says, let me see the tattoo. So he opens up a shirt and it says tattoo. 
that's the joke because on the, the television series, the character's name is Tattoo. Uh, the difference is the tattoo character in the television series is memorable. This one, not so much. So uh, we're gonna have to see. We have to see if this movie makes enough money for there to actually be a sequel, right? I agreed, but I'm thinking because of the bad reviews it's receiving, if somebody else could pick this up, yeah, and then look at this and say, okay, we're gonna make some changes and go in a different direction. Yeah, cause great concept. It is, yeah. Like, no, it, it was. It was. It was like. It, and I also felt like it reminded me of Saw, at the end when uh, Mr. Rourke told, uh, Brax, not Brax. Yeah, Brax is the uh, that's the new tattoo. Is that who you're talking about? No, the the JD. Which one was it that stayed with? What? Yeah, with tattoo. Okay, that's Brax. Okay, Brax. Sorry, to that he had to stay with him and be his helper. Yes. If his brother would live. Mm-hmm. And the whole, the way the whole thing ended was like how they were all connected mm-hmm. to the person who they hurt in some way. Mm-hmm. The very end of the movie, and then he had to stay there and be his helper. Yeah, reminded me of the twist in Saw. Okay. Oh, with uh, yeah, Shawnee Smith, Amanda. Yeah, Shawnee. Okay, Smith. I didn't yes. think about that, but you, that 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 is, that is similar actually. Except Saul was a lot better, right? That's the difference? Absolutely. <laughs> but yes, they were all connected to the victim. They all did something wrong to yeah. land themselves where they were. Mm-hmm. So now That's Laura came up with a, a rating scale. Uh, one to ten deadites. Right? Yeah, so <laughs> one being atrocious, one deadite, and ten being phenomenal. So how many deadites do you give us, Laura? Oh, I want to give it a one, but I'll be generous and give it a three. A oh, one? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'll never, bad? I will never watch this again, ever. Maybe as like a background like watch. Nope. Maybe if, nope. if it comes on again, like you know, while doing something else, maybe. But yeah, I, I don't know. Probably. Well, what's your fantasy? Did you oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I made a joke after we left the theaters. Uh, my fantasy is to get 151 minutes back of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I guess that means Ridiculous. I'm not a fan to say that. Oh, uh, yeah. The only positive things we got out of it, we got to uh, eat these pub pretzels that we like at the Regal. So <laughs> we, good. That, that's, we go to this <laughs> one particular theater, the Regal chain, just before those uh, those pretzels, which Laura thought when I said I get them, she's like, oh, how good can these be? Then every time she food. she's like, oh, wow, these are actually really good. I want to get these every time now. Yeah. And Halfway through, I was like, can we get more pretzels? <laughs> And then yeah, and then I got and after on my app I got an alert that I got an extra four thousand points for seeing this on Valentine's Day. Oh, perfect. So that was so that more pretzels. So, th- so those are the only positive things really about this movie. Um, I'm gonna give it four and a half deadites. Wow, that was so, nice. So uh, yeah. But, are you sure? Yeah, just because <laughs> the first half I, I thought was good, even though it. I didn't like really the way it went, the direction. It's like there were some things. Even with the terrible jump scare, the one jump scare that they put in the movie. Uh, what was it? I don't even remember. Uh, before they connected everything 15 times at the end with the burnt man in the mirror. Okay. That we didn't know was burnt. Oh, yes. He just looked dirty. He looked... I, the jump scare was so good, it, it's not even memorable. So right. uh, You give it your four and Yeah, a half four and a half. Yeah, so I... that's our take on Fantasy Island. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to it on. Also, please share this podcast with others. To follow us on Instagram, please go to shocking.things.podcast. And to like us on Facebook, it's at shockingthingspodcast. Podcast.
Our email is shockingthingspodcast at gmail.com. And you can leave a voice message that's located in the show notes. And until next time, try and enjoy the daylight.